Princess here, and welcome to another episode of Bye Pumpkin. <laughs> That's how I've been starting every podcast for seems like weeks. Just introduce myself, tell tell you where you are, and then sigh. <laughs> um. I want to tell you guys about yesterday. It's been it's been raining here for quite a bit here in Austin, and it's I like I had to change my uh, wash my car task till Tuesday, so it's 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 gonna be raining. And yesterday I was walking the kids to the bus stop, the older kids to the bus stop. Little kids walk with me. I have to drive them to school, but the little kids walk with me. Um, so we go out there, and it's not raining. But as soon as we walk out there, there's this big crack of lightning and then the thunder that goes with the lightning. It takes a while because the uh, speed of light is faster than the speed of sound. So you see it before you hear it. And um, so I'm like, oh, let's drive. Because <laughs> what if it starts raining? What if it fucking starts raining while we're standing out here waiting for the bus? So I put the kids in the, in the van, go back inside, get my keys. Cause I don't take my keys to walk to the bus, but I get my keys. And then realizing that like, I have all the, the, you know, I have everyone in the car. I'm like, okay, well I'll just drive straight from the bus stop to two little kids to drop them off. So I put my purse in the car and, and I get in the car and then Bear Bear, my youngest, he's four says, I have to go to the restroom and going to the restroom is like an Olympic sport for Bear Bear. Uh, an interesting thing about him is that I did not have him the last time I had Monkey and Bunny. I didn't have them. I, I only had Monkey and Bunny and he was separated from his siblings. Bear Bear was separated from siblings. He was living with a family that was going to adopt him separately. Um, it's hard to find a home for three children to be uh, adopted, just so you know, even when they're all super cute and and fun and but it's 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 difficult and it's part of the reason that I changed my mind and agreed to like be an adoptive placement for these three kids is because when they came back into care they to be adopted they likely and at this point they had exhausted all family members and everything by the way uh and fictive kin all that and to be adopted, it's quite possible the two boys who at the time they came back into care were uh, three and four would have been separated away from Bunny, who was seven. And it would have been very easy to adopt the three and four year old together. And Bunny would have found, Bunny's a sweetheart, but uh, it would have been easier to separate them. And it's one of the reasons I was like, no, we need to be like, we need to be willing to adopt. But when I got them, the two, uh, Monkey and Bunny were together and Bear Bear was separate. And Bear Bear's foster family was very like scheduled with him and he was potty trained and he, you know, it, a lot of things he, he got um, kind of uh, fixed in that foster home. And then when he went back to Bio Family and he came back, he was no longer potty trained. Uh, actually, Monkey wasn't potty trained either. Uh, which was interesting because when I had him, he was very potty trained. Anyway, Bear Bear, uh, it's been a journey with Bear Bear. Uh, and at this point he is four 
large for his age. Like anytime his teacher sends me pictures of him in preschool, it looks like somebody's daddy came to visit, guys. It looks like a super senior hanging out with freshmen. He looks like 21 Jump Street. He looks like he's fucking undercover in the preschool. Like he had to shave his beard this morning. He, he, he's younger than all the kids there, but he's bigger than all of them. And that's part of what the, the doctor told me. It's like, listen, uh, one, he's young for his age anyway. Uh, and that has to do a lot with all the stuff he's been through. And then two, he's big for his age. So his, you know, we're asking his body to keep up with certain things that it's not necessarily uh, sized for. I was like, okay, okay. But he was pretty potty trained before he went back. And now he's back and he's not. And that's common, but still. And I know you're asking me, how, how the fuck do you know that, Princess? That he was potty trained? Because, because I had his two older siblings, I saw Bear Bear a lot. Like it visits, I would pick up some, And towards the end, uh, when they were getting like unsupervised visits with bio mom to hope to go back and stay, like I would, I would be there. Someone would bring Bear Bear and I would bring the two older ones and we'd drop off for mom and stuff and pick up for mom and stuff. And she'd tell me like anything that happened that day and stuff and to watch out. Oh yeah. So I, even though at the time I wasn't Bear Bear's mommy, I definitely, I interacted with him all the time. We had phone calls to him a couple times a week. Yeah, saw Bear Bear plenty. And and I know he was very potty trained. So when he came back, he was not. And there are a lot of reasons for that. And uh, not the least of which might be that he had a huge growth spurt and uh, the size of his bladder versus the size of... Things, things are changing. And then also a lot of times when kids go back, you know, go back to foster care, they... They earn, they lose potty training. Sometimes when, when they're going back and forth from bio care, bio family to foster care, they lose these things. And that's why I mentioned that monkey was too. So it has been a journey and getting monkey to not have to use pull-ups at night is, you know, he's, he's full, he is fully potty trained day and night at this point. He's five years old and he'll be six in October and he's back to being fully potty trained. It actually only took him like a week and a half. To kind of be like, oh, you're right. I shouldn't pee in the bed every night. And and I shouldn't have any accidents during the day. But Bear Bear has been a little tougher. And at this point, we've got him to the point where during the day, he is ship-shaped good. Now, will he go to the bathroom 17 times? Yes, he will go to the bathroom over and over and over again. Kind of have to limit his water, to be honest. Uh, they only drink water. My kids only drink water during the day. And they drink uh, a juice or if we're very special a soda during a meal um they it, it just it's just water so but bear bear loves water he drinks it all day long and so um you gotta kind of limit it because otherwise he'll have problems but at night he still wears a pull-up but the, all i have to say is that bear bear you really have to be listen to him because he's not playing when he says he used to, needs to be restroom. Actually, he might be playing, but you don't want to risk it because you never know when he's playing and when he's not, <laughs> to be honest, okay? <laughs> like the one time you're like, uh, you can hold it is when he takes a big dump on himself. <laughs> I'm not saying he's doing that. I'm saying <laughs> that, that I have been in situations where I was like, oh, you can hold it. And nope, I was wrong. He could not. So, <laughs> so he says he has to go to the restroom. 
And at this point, it just started raining. And I was like, all right, get out. So I get him out of the car, I take him in the house because the bus is gonna be there in a few minutes. So I say, Bear Bear, use the restroom, then sit on the couch and watch PJ Masks until I get back from the from the bus stop. By the way, my husband's home. My husband's working midnight, uh, noon to midnight. So he is here. Uh, it's not, an, and sometimes I have to leave the little ones here cause they're not, you know, you're acting out or whatever. And I'm like, you can't walk to the bus stop with me because you can't go if you're not gonna listen to me. If you're gonna be running down the sidewalk, then that's a no for me, dog. So it's not unusual for him to be sitting here watching PJ Mask and waiting for the five, 10 minutes it's gonna take for me to take him to the bus stop. He starts crying though, cause he wants to go. And I was like, no, go to the restroom and then sit down and I'll be right back to take you to school. He's crying and I said, okay, sit down. And so he sits down and I go and I walk out the front door and I get in the car and I start to back the van up. And I'm about, I don't know, three quarters of the way out of the driveway. I'm not a good driver guys, by the way. I never claimed to fucking be a good driver. I just know how to get places and get the fuck home. But I'm not like some Dukes of Hazard person that's like, <laughs> doing tricks and shit, driving off fast, going across three. I don't do shit like that. I don't even parallel park. I just drive slow in the right lane, use my turn signals, because apparently those are out of fucking style. And then that's it. That's what I do. I let people in when I can, and I mind my own fucking business. So I'm out and I'm about three quarters of the way out and I'm talking to uh, Cheeks because Cheeks, I don't know if you guys know this, but Cheeks absolutely thinks he is on an episode of Untucked, RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked at all times. Uh, he's been real fucking shady and he goes he goes in cycles. He'll go, he'll be real fucking shady and not shady and then real shady. Also while being the most sensitive motherfucker on earth. And so he, I'm talking to him because he is telling he was saying, hmm, smells a little bit like pee in here. Maybe a uh, monkey uh, didn't take off his pull-up. And monkey is offended because monkey is like, one, I don't wear a pull-up. <laughs> and two, maybe it's your upper left. <laughs> no, he didn't say that, but that's what he was, that was his whole his whole like demeanor, you know, and Cheeks is over there basically going, fix your hair, fix your mug. I don't have a sugar daddy, but if I wanted a sugar daddy, I have a sugar daddy. Cause I'm what? Sickening. Like basically he's back there just basically shading uh monkey. And I'm telling uh Cheeks that one, I have an excellent sense of smell and nobody smells like pee. And also uh monkey doesn't smell like pee because he uh he is not wearing a pull-up. And also I just changed his clothes and it's not like they were wearing anything. So I will fucking know. So maybe Cheeks, it's you. Maybe you smell it yourself. And maybe it's like, essentially I was telling him that one, he's being incredibly rude. And two, maybe he needs to look within himself. If he smell, you know, sometimes if it smells, if it smells like poop everywhere you go, it's you, you know what I'm saying? So I'm telling him that it's pouring down raining. It's lightning, thundering. And suddenly I see something out of the corner of my eye. I'm backing out of the car. I'm backing out of the driveway. I see something out of the corner of my eye. And I don't know, guys, it looked like Bear Bear exploded from the front door. It did not look like he opened it. It did not look like, like if afterwards, if I had gone to the front door and found that it was off its hinges, I would have believed that. Cause it looked like he exploded from the front door. And as I'm backing out, I just see this little body 
big for four, but little body busting out of the front door, running across the lawn and into the street, into the thunderstorm to my car. He's also screaming and crying. And like my first instinct is like to grab him because even though um, it's early in the morning, it's like fucking 6.20 in the morning, 6.25 in the morning. Um, I like, there are cars on the street. People are getting up, going to school and work and shit. And it's raining really badly. And like, I, I don't know, he, he can't be in the street. Like I, my first instinct is to get him. And also he used to do this a lot. He's, this is part of the reason, well, it's not the reason, but it's part of the reason he's back. He went back into foster care is because he and Monkey at uh, Bio Mom's house the second time when they, when they went back would just bust out of the house and be in the fucking parking lot of that apartment complex, just living their best life. Uh, and they don't do that at my house. I mean, I'm not saying they'll net, they, they have never like said they were going to try to go in the backyard or whatever, but I have, um, an alarm system. So whenever you open a door, go, it makes a chime. So if I'm just sitting here and I hear a chime, I'm like, who the fuck just went in and out the house? So it's not, I don't have the same issues. I actually, um, at the time, because I knew that they were having these issues, uh, at the time I had suggested to the caseworker to buy a uh, bio mom, like a, uh, there's this thing on Amazon that I use on their bedroom door because some, cause monkey used to like to get up in the middle of the night and eat food and put it under people's beds and just walk around the house eating leftovers when he was like three years old. <laughs> it's a chime on their bedroom door that I close after they've been, after when I go to sleep, after they've already been asleep. And the plug-in isn't the, the receiver, the thing that makes the ding dong is I plugged it in my room because my room is so far away from the kids' rooms. And it's kind of like, um, people use it at like stores and stuff. You put the receipt, you put the, uh, the stuff on the, uh, on the door. And when it, when they're apart, it rings and the receiver you can put wherever you want. So like in the mornings, I know when they're up and about because, one of them opens the door and it goes ding dong. So I like, I own that for other foster kids I was having issue with. So I was telling the caseworker to buy that cause, cause caseworker was looking for things that she could do like different locks. Um, there's a lot of fire. There's a lot of, um, uh, not fire code. Am I, there's a lot of things you can't do with foster kids or, or uh, like a DCFS worker can't like encourage you to do because it's a fire hazard. Like you can't, you can't lock a child in a room because you can't do anything that would impede the child from opening the door and leaving the room if there was a fire or something like that. Uh, same with front doors and everything. Like that. So I was telling her to get that. And then she, the mom could put the receiver in her bedroom. So if she's in her bedroom or in the, the bathroom that's attached to the bedroom that she can, hear someone open the front door and you know that they have once again gone over the lock. That's, that's another reason why I lock all the, I, I lock everything in the house. I like, when we come in my house, I immediately lock the front door. I don't leave it just unlocked. So, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So it's not that I don't think Bear Bear would go outside, but just the, I, him screaming this anguish face, the thunderstorm, I'm driving, I'm in the middle of a conversation and he's also in the street. Like, like if I had not seen him, it's possible I could have hit him with my car. That's how far he got in that little bit of time. So I slammed the car in the park 
and I get out and I grab him and I'm like, what are you doing out here? I'm all wet. He's all wet. What are you doing out here? And as I'm talking to him, I look over and my van is driving because apparently I didn't put it in park. Apparently I remember slamming it in the park. So maybe I slammed it in the park and then put it back in the drive. I'm not sure, but the car is going and since I'm three quarters of the way out of the driveway, it's not driving down the street with my four children in it, by the way. What it is, it's just going back up the driveway. And it's going to hit my husband's car. If you guys don't remember, when I first got this van, two days later, my husband drove home and hit my van in the in the driveway. It was able, it was, a, it actually turned out to be a simple fix, but I was devastated. And he was very upset when it happened. And just the idea of trying to explain to him, yeah, I hit your car this time, but um, I wasn't actually driving it. So now I've got Bear Bear and I realize the car is going and I have to, the car is away from me at this point. I'm not able to just like sit back in the car. I have him with my right arm, like dragging him as I run up the driveway to try to get this car. And actually I didn't make it back into the car. What happened is that I kind of like half got my upper body in the car and used my hand to hit the brake. So <laughs> I don't know if the neighbors saw me. The neighbors across the street have kids the same age as I do. So they're up at the same time I am. I don't know if they fucking saw me. They didn't mention it. <laughs> I really need to check the, I'm, I have a camera that records the front. Like it goes from my driveway to the front part of my house, like to where you get to my porch. I need to see if I'm on this fucking camera footage. <laughs> so once I get the car stopped, I let go of Bear Bear. I don't know why I wouldn't let go of him beforehand. Maybe it's cause he's in the fucking street. And I kind of like, get myself so that I can get in the car and put it in park. And I take Bear Bear in the house. And my husband, who's probably just now going to sleep at this point, And I yell for him and I say, you have got to keep Bear Bear in the house. And Bear Bear's still crying. He's saying, don't leave me, don't leave me, don't leave me. And I'm telling him I'm not leaving him. I have to take the other kids to the bus stop. I'm coming to take him to school. And my husband, like, gets him because I don't even think he I don't even think he realized what was happening and basically secures him until I can go back outside drive the kids to the bus stop and let wait for the bus to come let them out and then come back and the bus stop is only a block away but like for the rest of the day my hands were shaking I like this is why you don't want to have fucking kids because <laughs> they do shit like this and <laughs> stressing me to fuck out. And also like, <laughs> what's the natural consequence for doing something like this? Um, you can't walk to the bus stop with us anymore or you can't walk to the bus stop with us for the rest of the week. Doesn't matter, he's four a lot. And like I said, very young for four. And so a lot of things that happen just are immediately out of his head afterwards. By the time he got home, like when I, when I came back to pick him up, he was very unhappy. He wasn't crying, but he was still unhappy. He still hadn't gone to the restroom, which started the whole fucking thing. Um, and so, you know, I told, I, I had a conversation with him. I told him I was upset with him. 
why he's never like none of my children are allowed to open the front door even the almost 11 year old at no point is he allowed to go and open the front door and well i'll take that back that's a lie what i'm saying is that like at no point am i does he get to answer the door if there's someone at the door it's not for him so he doesn't answer the fucking door maybe if his if his chore is trash he'll open the front door to go out and pull the trash can in maybe but then what it when he leaves the house, I'm with him. So usually I open the door. He, and I know people are like, well, what about when he's like, you know, riding up and down the street? Why the fuck would he be riding up and down the street? We're in a fucking pandemic. Also, there are no kids out there. And if they are, they probably got COVID. What are you talking about? They, when I, they, when they are leaving, I'm usually leaving with them. That's it. But certainly Bear Bear's not allowed to. He knows he's he's not allowed to open the door for any reason. Uh, maybe if we got a package, I'll send one of the older kids, either Cheeks or Turtle, to go to go get my the, the package. That's it. But if somebody but if somebody's knocking on the door because you know we're in a development, so we got all these people trying to sell you shit. Or um, like a little while ago, someone knocked on the door because they found some keys in the street and they were wondering if they belonged to, at our house, like. Because my, my covered porch is long, you can be at the end of my covered porch. I can see you, but we, we've got a lot of space. We've probably got about five feet of space between us. So, no, it actually might be six. So, like, even when that happens, though, my kids are not allowed to open the door. <laughs> so I talked to him. I was like, you can't open the door. Uh, you're not allowed to go outside by yourself. And you certainly are not allowed to go outside when I've asked you to sit here and wait for me to come back. And so he was like, I'm sorry, I didn't want you to leave me. And I was like, you know, I like obviously to a lesser degree than all the other kids really, Bear Bear has um, less of a abandonment issue because he got into foster, he was like two years old when he got into foster care and he mostly stayed with one foster family. Let me like, listen to me. I'm not saying he doesn't have abandonment issues, but he, he isn't like the other kids when it's, when I even like put my hand on the front door to be like, and they're like, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you coming back? What's going to happen? What do you mean? I got to stay here with daddy. I don't like that motherfucker. <laughs> Bear isn't really like that, but I understand wh- why I understand. But what he has to understand is that even if he has big feelings about something I've asked him to do, he still has to do what I asked him to do. It's, it's okay to have questions about what I asked you. It's okay to not like it. It's actually even okay to cry. If I tell you to do something, you don't want to do it. As long as you fucking do it, you can cry. <laughs> Which is an improvement on the way I was raised because the way I was raised is that if someone asked you to do something and you looked unhappy to be doing it, you are now in trouble. <laughs> Like if they told you to sweep the floor and you looked like you didn't want to be sweeping the floor, that's the same as if not, you didn't sweep the floor. And um, like, fortunately for me, I've evolved the past. Like people can have all the fucking feelings they want. I don't care if you cry about it. I don't care if you upset with me about it, but you do need to do what I ask you to do for safety reasons at the very least. But yeah, we had that little conversation. I told him I was upset with him. And he said he was sorry and he wouldn't do it again. I mean, all my kids are great at apologizing. They write apology notes that I don't ask for and actually don't want. <laughs> Anytime anybody's in trouble, they write me a fucking apology note. 
I just want to be like, stop, just do what I ask you to do. I don't want this shit. What do, you, what do you want me to do with this? They've actually started, especially Cheeks have started writing. Uh, they love thank you notes, to be honest, but they've started writing uh, pre-thank you notes, which I've had to explain is essentially a demand letter. Thanking someone for doing something they have not done yet and have actually never even told you they were going to do is a demand letter. <laughs> But anyway, I took Bear Bear and Monkey to school. And by the time I saw Bear Bear that afternoon at 2 p.m., he was like, what, what, what do you mean? <laughs> what happened this morning? Nothing happened. Nothing happened. <laughs> he didn't even know what the fuck I was talking about. He did mention something about the car driving itself. But I think that's because the older kids were talking about the car driving itself. I don't think it was because he particularly remembered that and I don't I think at the time he was besides the fact that I was dragging him I think at the time he wasn't even he wasn't even paying attention to why I was like hurling us towards the car Ugh. again 6 30 in the fucking morning why y'all bothering me like this I just fucking woke up um what else what else oh guys I have been you guys know I've been on like a Sex in the City journey. Guys, I think, because I finally went back to season one, right? Remember I said I didn't want to go to season one because I don't want to see Carrie doing her, her Zach Morris bullshit, talking directly to the camera. All she needs to do is, all she needs is a timeout gesture and have everybody freeze. Either way, I hate it. But I forgot Samantha dated a little dicked guy. She had a relationship with him. And when when I think of Sex in the City, like every episode includes some sort of sexual interaction or dating or whatever. So when I say someone's in a relationship, has a boyfriend or a girlfriend, for this show, I mean they're in more than one episode. If you're in one episode, you don't count. But if you if you bridge to more than one episode, then I consider you a serious relationship. And I was like, damn. Again, Samantha has had a lot of serious relationships or long-term, whatever you want to say. Relationships on this fucking show for someone who's non-monogamous. They talk about her like she, I don't know. When you think about Samantha, you don't think about that. You think about, I'm dating the guy with the funkiest spunk. That's what you think about. You don't think about that. You don't think about the fact that she dated the guy with a little dick for t more than one episode. Uh, the chick forget her name, um, Richard Wright, and I don't remember his name because she said it a million fucking times while she was dating him, and Smith. She had four serious relationships in the course of this six seasons. And I was like, that's a lot, actually. And I counted up Carrie's, and at first I only had four because I had Aiden Big, uh, Burger, he's in more than one episode, um, Who's the other one that I had? Aiden Big, Burger. Oh yeah, the vampire, Alexander. <laughs> Alexander. And so, the vampire. And so I thought it was four, but I had forgotten. Mm -mm -mm. The peeing politician, remember? He was actually in two episodes. She met him at the FDN, at the fire, uh, at the fire department thingy. And then the next episode, she was still dating him and he wanted to pee on her. And that's when it was over with. 
So Carrie dated five. Uh, Miranda, three. Skipper, Steve. Uh, forget his name, but it's uh, Blair Underwood. The black dude. Three. Charlotte? Two. Charlotte had two serious relationships on this fucking show. And it's Trey and Harry. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm forgetting somebody. But if this, if, if the number, if what I, if this is correct, that makes, Carrie had the most serious relationship with five. Samantha, second with four. Miranda, third with three. And um, Charlotte, fourth with two. Okay, then. So Charlotte, while you're sitting at the fucking table giving uh, Samantha bullshit about, about the fact that she's like, not staying in relationships with people. She's actually had four serious relationships and you've only had two. Come on, Charlotte. You know, um, on the, on the, uh, podcast, on the, the, the Patreon podcast this week, I did a workout bonus episode, mostly because I let people choose what they want for the bonus series. And I usually let workout be one of the choices and people keep voting for it. And they're very disappointed if people aren't, it's not winning ever. So I was like, you know what? Let me throw you a fucking bone and let's do an episode. But I talked about the fact that I believe Charlotte is a duchess of dumb bitches. Carrie is the queen of dumb bitches. Charlotte's the duchess of dumb bitches. And the reason is that she, that, um, that guy she thought was gay, even though he was dicking her down real good. And she didn't want to date him because he was too effeminate. He made pastries, but he also like, he had a beautiful home. He would make her seven course meals. He knew her dresses. He was just a very attentive guy. And the only thing is that he, he seemed gay, even though he definitely wanted to fuck her. She enjoyed it. I'm sure he threw up in the air and caught her with his dick. I don't know, whatever. That's actually more of a Samantha thing. But still, she seemed excited by what happened. But she had to break up with him because he was scared of mice. Get an exterminator. Mice are gross. (laughs) Or actually, Charlotte, you you know what, Charlotte? Take some shit in your own hands and kill that fucking mouse. And And now I'm finding not only is she the Duchess of Dumb Bitches, she is a liar too, because for somebody who, who's like, I need to be in a real relationship. You weren't in that many, babe. You weren't. And the good ones that you could have been in, like with that, I'm gonna call him a gay guy, even though he's not gay. With the gay guy, <laughs> with the gay guy, you should. And here's Samantha over here having relationships. And also, Samantha, there's a couple of times Samantha is talking about men that have broken her heart. There's a, I don't know what his name is, but he's like a publishing guy who had broken up with her to marry somebody named like Ingrid or something. And she sees him and she decides now she's going to sleep with him and then, and then uh, break up with his heart. But she doesn't get a chance to because she has real feelings for him. He broke her heart. And so when they slept together, they have good sex and everything. And she's feeling that love feeling again. She forgets to break up with him. And he ends up breaking up with her again. That, what about the time Samantha got sick? (laughs) Couldn't do stuff. And was telling them all they needed to get married. (laughs) And she's like, by the time, by the time my mother was my age, she had three kids and an alcoholic husband. 
actually, I want to hear more. You know what? I know we got the Carrie Diaries, which I never watched because I don't know. I aged out of that shit. <laughs> I just aged out of Sex in the City at one point. Um, when I was watching Sex in the City, I was like early twenties, late teens, early twenties in there. And by the time I got to the age of the girls in the show, I was like, actually, this is real bullshit. So I was just uninterested, but we need some Samantha diaries because Samantha has siblings. Her father was actually an alcoholic. Samantha talks about what the fuck? I don't know what episode there. No, the episode they went to LA, the episode they went to LA. No, it might not have been that one. Samantha was talking about how she loved to tan. Oh, how she dated a nerd. She dated a nerd for access to his pool. And then they were like, oh really? And she's like, yeah, his mom bought me Kool-Aid and snacks. And they're, <laughs> they're like, what? She's like, well, I was 13. No, she didn't say dated, she fucked. She fucked the nerd for, she was like 13. <laughs> Obviously I'm not pro 13 year olds fucking people for having a, uh, fucking people in exchange for sex. Obviously I'm not pro that, but I want to know that fucking story. How Samantha, who by all accounts comes from a home that's not that easy. I'll say easy. And, you know, she's got siblings, her father's an alcoholic, whatever her mother's doing, Samantha's not feeling that. It's not something she aspires to be. And she's like, I need a tan. And this nerdy guy has a pool, so I'll blow him, fuck him, whatever. And then his mom's out here bringing Kool-Aid and shit to you. Like, what was that like? Were you like having, like, did you fuck your way into a situation in which you had like a mom figure? Like if your dad's an alcoholic, is he working? Does your mom have to work so that she's not home when you get home after school? Maybe your dad's there and a wife beater sitting there already fucking drunk. And yet you're like, whatever guys going over to the nerd's house and you get over there in your bikini and you're sitting over there tanning. And here's this mom figure bringing you Kool-Aid and snacks. I want to know about that. I want to fucking know. Anyway, I just think it's interesting. Samantha's a non-monogamous one. Samantha's the one that's breaking sex swings. Samantha's the one fighting with um, transsexual uh, prostitutes, sex workers. That's a better word. You know, I said that to my mom like uh, months ago. I was like, I was trying to explain. I was like, yeah, blah, 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 sex work, sex worker, sex worker. And she goes, what is that? And I was like, someone performs sex work. And I like explain like, what the sex, you know, it's a, it's a very general term. It, it's very, it encompasses a lot of things, but I explained like what I meant by that. And she goes, um, a prostitute. And I was like, what? Why'd you have to say it like that? Why'd you let me go with this whole explanation so you can go, oh, a prostitute. <laughs> this is why you'll never get on my podcast. <laughs> this is why. Anyway, um, these, and I believe, you know, it doesn't really matter, but they're down there, you know, turning tricks and stuff. And so she gets in this argument with them. And <laughs> at first, like, first of all, don't watch that episode. That episode's going to make you upset. The writing on that episode is really, obviously when they wrote it, it's a different time, but <sighs> we should just skip that episode when we do the rewatches on that. Um, and that's also when I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. Carrie does this Bronx voice that I hate. Ugh. 
I hate Carrie's Bronx, Dominican accent. I hate that thing. Oh, oh. Also, I've been thinking about it. I don't like short hair Carrie, uh, and I hate straight hair Carrie. I like Carrie, long hair, curly. That's what I'm into. I'm not into this other stuff. That's, a, that's my Carrie. And I would say... She and Charlotte tie for best hair on the show. Charlotte's, those ponytails are some good fucking ponytails. They're really good ponytails. I've recently been schooled on the rules of ponytails and how you, and how you get them to stick up and all, you know, all that bullshit. You know, people are putting like little clips in them. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) so they put the ponytail. So first of all, they do two ponytails. So pretend like you're going to do a half up, half down. So you do the half up, right? Then you do, then you put all the rest in a ponytail. Then you put the two together and that's what keeps your ponytail from like kind of drooping. And then if you're like one of those people that do like cheerleading stuff and you need like extreme ponytails and shit, you could get like one of those little mini clips. It's a little hair clip, not a flat hair clip, but it's kind of like a scissor. Like you, you press it and the, you press to the two sides on the back and then the back, the front opens like a claw, but it's a little mini one. Then they Divide the ponytail in half from top to bottom. So there's a top part and a bottom part. And in the middle, they put that little clip on the bottom part and then spread the top part over it. That's how they're getting these big-ass fucking ponytails. These people weren't born with these big ponytails and this voluminous hair and shit. They, I just thought that if you had it, you had it. If you didn't, you didn't. But nope, they're doing shit like that. Anyway, I don't think Charlotte was doing that. But Charlotte's hair was so shiny, so just a beautiful mahogany and the, her ponytails were on point. She put on a ponytail and she'd just be going. So I, I tie them for best hair. After that, uh, Samantha, Samantha's hair didn't really change a lot. Her hair was mostly shoulder length. Yeah, mostly every now and then she'd get a little cut. So it'd be like ear length, but between ear and shoulder length, she didn't have really long hair and it was blonde. Sorry. Sorry, Miranda, you had the worst hair. The worst hair. I'm, I, listen, I appreciate Miranda that season. I believe it was season three. I could be wrong. Where they basically dressed her in men's clothing. She was like literally wearing a suit sometimes. <laughs> loved it. Very, I, I, I love that, that season. And as we get, as, as they develop characters more, I understand that part of give, showing that Miranda as a lot of, masculine tendencies has you know is very acerbic is very sarcastic is like not willing to do a lot of stuff is to keep her in short hair and to let and to have her dress very um structured um you guys know i know i love that episode of elementary there's a there's an episode there's a season of elementary i believe it's season four where almost everything they have lucy lewin she's watson is a sort of suit of some sort. Sometimes it's a short suit. Sometimes it's a pants suit, but it's a suit. And as you watch the episodes, I believe it's season four. And the reason I believe that is because season three, her boyfriend is killed and she has to move back in with Sherlock. And he's killed, they were trying to kill her. And it's devastating to her. And she goes through this, 
thing where, because she'd always wanted, Watson always wanted a life. She wanted to be a detective, but she also wanted to be a life. And Sherlock is like, this is our life. This is what we do. We don't need entanglements. If you need to have sex, then you just go have sex. You have a relationship with someone. Uh, you know, we're going to have booty calls and all that stuff. And like he, arrangements and things. But falling in love, trying to get a partner, trying to have a baby, Watson. Uh-uh. That's not what we, you know, he's always been telling her that. And she's like, no, I'm not you. And by season four, after that terrible thing happens to Andrew, she is back in um, I f the name just went out the sanctorum. Uh, she's back there, living in this house with him, and Sherlock is like, actually feels bad because it feels like she really wanted this thing and it didn't happen for her. But as we start the beginning of the episode, the beginning of the season, she because in season three she's very flowy. She's in a lot of flowy shit, guys. Lots of like stacked heels and and even when she's having that um baton fight with kitty on the street like she's in this flowing garment so when we get to season four after andrew dies she's still in flowy garments but little by little they get more structured throughout every episode until by the fucking end of the episode she's like in a fucking suit and tie and it's like supposed to like chronicle anyway what the fuck am i talking about that for um, uh, Miranda had the worst hair and her best hair is season six. That's her best hair. Her hair, it's either season one or season six. I liked the little pixie cut, but in season one, but then it started to get to mullet territory in two and three and four. And it just got to, and there's points where her hair is sticking straight up like Ryan Cabrera's hair, guys, a redheaded Ryan Cabrera. Nobody wants that. That's what it looks like. And by season six, I guess she's either let it go long enough that she's able to like, and it might be five too, that she's able to do some kind of flippy stuff with it. I don't know. Miranda's hair was always an issue for me. I didn't like that it was the color of dragon's blood. Why is it so dark and also bright at the same time? I don't know. I didn't get it. I'm also developing appreciation for Steve, guys. I, um, I've never really appreciated Steve like that. I've, excuse me, I appreciated him. I didn't appreciate his cuteness. I didn't find him cute. He's a little short. But I'm into it. curly hair, the accents. I'm into it. I like it a lot. Um, he reads, love that. Um... Now, I said this on, on Twitter, and I don't remember who did it, but they were like, yeah, Steve's actually the best of uh, all the boyfriends. I was like, okay, calm down. We ain't doing, I just said I appreciate him. I, we ain't gonna do all that for Steve. Steve's fine, okay? And so, if before this rewatch, I would have said Aiden's the best boyfriend. But you know what? No, he's not. He's very corny, and Carrie should not have married him. He's fine. Like, I think I would have gotten along with him quite well, but I don't think he's the best. I think the best is Harry. Of course, he can't sit his naked booty on my white couch either, but I think the best is Harry. Although I'll say this. Another reason, uh, Charlotte's the Duchess of Dumb Bitches. When Charlotte, did I talk about this already? I don't know. Give me a second. We'll start talking about these uh, fat people. Give me one moment. <laughs> 
give me one second. Um, when Harry told Charlotte he can't marry her, he didn't ask her to convert to Judaism. He said, I can't marry someone who's not a Jew. Um, he definitely brought up his mother. He definitely brought up the Holocaust, which what are we supposed to do? So now everything I say to you after this is anti-Semitic. Just like I can't, there's certain things I can't bring up in a conversation unless everything afterwards is racist. So, so if you bring up the Holocaust, okay, I guess the conversation's over now because I can't say anything. And so, and I, and at least Charlotte knew that because I was like, Charlotte, you're not, you're not about to keep trying to talk, are you? And fortunately she was like, no, 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 you brought the Holocaust, we can't talk about it. <laughs> right. Don't, don't try to argue through the fucking Holocaust. That's the, <laughs> don't fucking do it. <laughs> but, but, um, that's what he said. I can't marry you because you're not Jewish. He never said, would you like to be Jewish? He never said that. He never said, have you thought about converting? He never said anything like that. He said, I can't marry you because you're not Jewish. And then Charlotte was like, I got your, I got your Jewish. I got it. And she went out and converted. And here's what's really interesting. Now, I'm not sure about the conversion process. So maybe there's something I'm missing here. Harry didn't like take her to a synagogue, introduce her around, give her some information on how it works, support her by going there with her. It seems like this was a solo project. And when Harry got in, involved is when um, the rabbi was like, no, nah, we don't want any, you know? And he explained to her that that's like the deal and that you have to like keep asking. And which I appreciate, but I was like, Harry, she's doing this for you. And also no one asked her. If, if Charlotte was not a dumb bitch, she would have said, she would have either said, okay, are you asking me to convert? Is that, how, is that what you're saying? Or is that what we're talking about? Let's have a conversation about that. Or she would have waited for him to say, I do want to marry you. Could you convert? Because if I say, I, you know, I can't have lunch with you because I don't have a babysitter. And then you go find me a babysitter. You are doing too much. Because if I wanted to find a babysitter, I'd get one. I just don't want to have lunch. Okay? And I feel like Harry saying that he didn't want to marry her, he couldn't marry her because she wasn't a Jew, was him saying, also, what it boiled down to, like, because you're not a Jew, we don't even need that part. I don't want to marry you. That's what happened. He didn't want to marry her. And that's why after she converts and she goes like, it was, you know, it's, they, they, I think they gave it like two episodes, maybe three episodes in the series. Um, but you know, it's a process. Uh, it's not like what Charlotte did is a big thing. Uh, after she did that, she's like waiting to be proposed to. And Harry's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean, Harry? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm just saying I like Harry the best out of all the guys. That said, I... <laughs> Harry, don't you play dumb, okay? She didn't convert in a weekend. <laughs> this is a prank. <laughs> she, you knew what she was doing. You knew why she was doing it. And you over here playing dumb. Don't do it, Harry. But this is why uh, Charlotte is the Duchess of Dumb Bitches because, bro, no one has asked you to. 
And yes, I enjoyed that she stayed Jewish after they broke up. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. Loved it. I appreciate that because I'm also, because you didn't do all this just to marry him, right? You were interested in it. You were, you had decided you were going to be living your life this way or you were just trying to get married real quick again because you just got a divorce. Harry helped you. You just got a divorce. <laughs> Are you just trying to get married real quick? Is that what you're trying to do? Because this then, then I'm not interested in marrying you either. But I'm happy it all worked out. It's great. Love it. Love Harry. Love Harry and Charlotte together. Love, love, love. But I'm just saying, you know, um, Charlotte's conversion did doesn't touch me. You know what fucking touched me? <laughs> this is dumb. When Mike had Jessica convert on the Shines of Sunset, that conversion, I was like, oh, this means a lot. If, even though they were only together for two seconds. Don't get me wrong. I, I understand they were only together for two seconds, all kinds of drama, all kinds of dumb shit. But the way Mike talked about being Jewish and wanting Jessica to be Jewish with him and wanting a Jewish family and wanting to, to continue his traditions and how that would be important to him was very moving to me. And I'll probably go back and it turned out he said three words. I'm like, where the fuck did you get all the rest of that princess? But, <laughs> but Mike seemed invested in it. And he, like, he seemed like he was like, I, you're doing this thing for me, for us, for our family, for our future family. And so I'm in this with you. And sure, I'll drive you over to a synagogue. I'll at least, I'll at least give your ass a ride to a synagogue. <laughs> Charlotte had to find, Charlotte had to go on Google Maps. <laughs> she had to go on Yelp to find a synagogue. <laughs> Harry's just eating, he's eating a sandwich somewhere like, oh, good luck on that. <laughs> Mike seemed like he was like, and, and let me help you. Let my family help you. Um, since we're going to get married, this is, you're going to be a part of this family. Here we are like welcoming you and also guiding you to do this thing. You're not on your own. And when you finish, we'll, well, when you get that done, come on back. That's not that we're not a government office telling you to finish the, the three forms and bring it back. <laughs> and I'm about to admit something here. It is. I'm about to admit it. I cried. <laughs> I'm going to say the word wrong, so I'm not going to say it. When Jessica took that uh, ceremonial, uh, symbolic bath to move over. <laughs> but, like, uh, Charlotte, you know, she did it. and They had a pool in the basement of her synagogue. Um Jessica did hers, probably because they couldn't film inside of synagogue. Maybe, maybe they could. Maybe it was, Jessica did hers on the beach. <laughs> and Mike couldn't be, like, you can't attend it. So he's in a car. And even production's in the car, too, like, watching from the thing. And so she takes off all her clothes on the beach. And I'm assuming a rabbi. I, uh, I don't know the process. But I'm assuming that's a rabbi with her. Uh, that is doing the thing so that she can go under and be come out a Jew. And she's naked. She goes into the water and this big ass fucking wave hits her. Like she falls. <laughs> oh my God, I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> and I'm tearing up thinking about it. And I was like, <gasps> oh my God, it is like you're being reborn. You almost fucking drowned out there. <laughs> And then she came 
and she had her thing on and she had like a towel or some sort on and Mike gets out and runs to her. <laughs> Am I misremembering? Did I make this shit up? Am I misremembering this? Mike, <laughs> who doesn't have a fucking working brain still and has even less fucking emotions, <laughs> runs out and like hugs her and shit. <laughs> She's all wet. <laughs> and I was like, yo, <laughs> He cares about her. He cares about this. This means something to him. <laughs> now, maybe it's because they were already engaged and he was ready to be married and blah, blah, blah. And this is like, he was like, you got to get, so my mom won't be mad and all this other shit, whatever. But when you, when you put that side by side with Charlotte, who's on Yelp looking for Santa Claus, and, and Harry's just like, oh, how's that you thing going? <laughs> classes and was able to convert <laughs> yo emotions emotions <laughs> oh my god i am literally tearing up and, and part of the reason i'm tearing up because i'm thinking princess if you go back and watch that season none of that shit happened <laughs> mike was fucking three other girls <laughs> jessica was fucking another dude she never even took the classes that's not a rabbi that's a pa <laughs> She never even converted princess. She didn't. <laughs> and you just, you just saw what the fuck you wanted to see. He was across town when she did that and they FaceTimed. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to hold his memory in my heart forever. <laughs> and if anybody ever wanted me to convert to a religion, that's how you got to do it. You have to, you, you got to be there. You got to hold my hand. I'm not just, if you leave, I might not do it. <laughs> so, you gotta <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Oh shit. We're like an hour into this thing and I have not gotten started. So the episode I chose this week was episode five. I mean excuse me, season five, episode one. Yeah. And it's Brandy and Candy, or Candy and Brandy actually. Candy is the alpha, uh, which we will talk about. And it's a set of twins. And I thought that would be interesting. Um, it's sisters. I thought that would be interesting. Both of those things I don't have any reference for. Um, I am an only girl. I have three brothers. I have all boy cousins, a fucking ton of them until like I was like eight or nine years old. And that's when my first girl cousin was born. Um, and I didn't spend a lot of, we have a big age difference. I didn't spend a lot of time with her. I, uh, I don't know. In, in terms of sister stuff, like my only reference is my six sister-in-laws, but they have a very special relationship. And I didn't like, I don't always understand what's going on with that. And the Kardashians, a lot of times when the Kardashians are doing stuff, I'm like, oh, is that a sister thing you do? Or are they just weirdos? Which one is it? Like, let's, when we start this episode, Candy and Brandy are lying in a queen size bed together. At least they have a sheet on it. I appreciate that. They do need a dust ruffle. That is important. So I don't see the base of your bed, but cool, cool, cool. They do have a fitted sheet on it. And I'm proud of them because a lot of people do on these shows apparently do not have fitted sheets. However, um, I am curious about this. The fact that they don't even have their own beds. 
for those of you who have sisters, do you, and I'm not talking about like you have to, you're visiting home or you're like doing something in which there is only one bed. Like you're staying in a hotel room. Could you sleep in the same bed as your sister? Fine. But could you live in a situation in which your only sleeping arrangement is with your sister? I don't fucking know. And then they get dressed, you know, they have to do the obligation, the must have <laughs> shower scene. And Candy gets up first and goes and does, takes a shower. She's sitting down. She's soaping her body and stuff. And she's saying that she and her sister have a miserable life. That it's absolutely, they look miserable. They don't even greet each other when they wake up. I mean, I understand this is a reenactment because of production. Like, otherwise, what are you trying to say? Production let themselves in your home and started filming you while you were lying in a bed? That's, that's creepy. That's creepy. And then when you wake up, you don't just go to the shower. You go, what the fuck are you doing in here? This is weird. And so, um, I, they don't even greet each other. They don't even say good morning to each other. They just, they're stone faced and Candy takes a shower and is naked. And then Brandy comes in and takes a shower and they're just naked staring at each other in the bathroom and I was like, oh, y'all be doing this? This how sisters do it? Because, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, thank you. I don't, I don't want to be that close to anybody. <laughs> I barely, okay, the person I'm, I do this with is my husband, who I'm just walking around naked, talking about whatever. He's taking a shit. I'm in the tub. <laughs> We're just like, <laughs> the other day he was sleeping. <laughs> And he had this scab on his leg because something's going on where he's been falling a lot at work. I actually probably need to go up there. Somebody might be abusing him. And so he had this scab on his leg that was like half pulled off. And I was lying next to him in the bed and I just pulled it off. And then it started bleeding. And I was like, oh. so I put a band aid on it. He didn't even fucking know. He was asleep the whole time. Obviously, this is too close. <laughs> this is too fucking close. But there's, I have a reason for it. I have sex with him. I'd be fucking him. So, so like all these, I obviously think we should have more walls, but uh, a lot of like walls are taken down between us because we are that intimate with each other. And so I can't imagine being this intimate with a person, with a person's body and who I am not bumping uglies with. And yet here they are. They're identical twins. Well, you know what? They don't have to be identical. They could be fraternal. They they could be fraternal twins that just really look alike, but I think they're identical twins. And I know some people will be like, well, they're identical. It's the same thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. If we both have a Subaru, just because they're the same color and same make and model in the same year, that's still my Subaru and that's your Subaru. Yes, sometimes we might get in the wrong car sometimes, but just because it's exactly the same, the difference is this one's mine and that one's yours. You understand what I'm saying? Like, just because they have identical bodies, they don't have identical bodies, but just because they are, uh, we're assuming identical twins and they are, have grown up being members, 
mirror images of each other, that doesn't mean that we should be naked all the time because we have the same thing. And like, I, listen, I'm not coming from this. I'm not looking down on them for this. I mean, I'm looking down a little bit, but I'm not, not really because as someone like, I'm very good at setting boundaries with coworkers and with acquaintances and things, but I only know two ways to love someone. Don't love them or love them to the very, very, very most. And so I don't always set great boundaries in intimate relationships because it's one of the reasons I try to keep acquaintances and people at distance. And it's because if I let you into like the inner circle and you are, and I love you, I care a lot about you. There's no going back like that. And so I can understand the closeness of the two of them. I just don't, and I also understand how boundaries get get pushed away. I'm just saying this is weird to look at. So, you know, they both take their showers, they get on the bed. Um, they're talking about how, you know, the first few days of the steps of the day are worse, like as they get out of the bed and start to walk and they can't even wash their hair because their arms are so heavy. And then after that, they get on the bed together and they have to put powder on, which I understand because, uh, and if you're not a fat person, um, if you have like folds or anything like that, or like uh, places where skin touches skin, rubs against skin, it can chafe and uh, you can get sores or the friction is, so some people have it on their thighs, some people have it on rolls or like where your stomach is different. So you gotta put powder in those places so that they don't chafe and um, and also, uh, you want to be dry because if you got any like wetness or anything, you got to dry really well. And so what we see is the two of them, one each leaning back and the other one powdering the other one's pussy. I don't know how else to describe it. That's what happens. And once again, I like you to, I like to ask you sisters that listen to this podcast, is this a sister type thing? Are they codependent or is this a sister thing? You tell me. I don't know. I don't have any idea. Maybe I shouldn't have no opinion on it. Um, it would be wonderful for me to just get on this podcast and be like, oh, I don't have any opinions. What the fuck would we be listening to? Me laughing, mostly. <laughs> this is all foreign to me. Uh, so, you know, they, they aren't, they, there are a lot of things they can't do on their own. And even if they can, they tend to do things together. They feel like the only ones they can trust. They grew up in a, you know, when they were young, they, their parents were drug addicts. Their parents didn't look after them. Their father, especially, I feel like they, they feel comfortable talking shit about their father because he's not in their lives. And we'll see when her, when their mother gets on, her name is Bobby. Is this, is that he was a drug dealer and a drug addict her mother was an addict as well and they had these two little girls and what they would do if they were crying when they were like small toddlers or whatever they would just pour a box of cereal on the table and the two would like go at it they would give them food anytime they were being annoying like here have a popsicle be quiet um there are a lot of people going in and out of their home because he was selling drugs out of the home and they were addicts i mean and like when you're that level of addict, when you're that level of like selling drugs and that lifestyle, lots of people coming in and out of your home. And um, so the girls were molested. Someone, an acquaintance of their father, 
in some way was coming, was, had access to them and molested them. Um, their mother, Bobby also gets talking and she participates in, in this and she mostly talks about like, it's her husband's fault or their father's fault, but I'm like, okay, uh, you were there too. Um, she says a lot of he, 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 he didn't listen. He let this happen. He let that happen. And I'm like, well, where were you at though? And not that I blame the mother or, you know, the person I blame is the person that molested them. That's who I blame. But also it's important that we look at our part in these things. And you were in an addiction and we're not protecting your children as you should have been. And if you had not been in one, you probably wouldn't have been there. Your kids probably wouldn't have been there. And this wouldn't have happened. That's, that's a fair statement to get this to say, but they seem to like, I guess they don't, they're not in contact with their father. So it's so much easier to be like, well, this is his fault. Um, so on their fourth birthday, by the time they're on their fourth birthday, like they end up breaking up the parents by their fourth birthday, mom's in rehab and they're staying with grandma and grandpa who are like, I don't know, a, a source of stability in their lives. Um, mom was in rehab. When she got out of rehab, she stopped doing the hard drugs, which they don't tell us which ones, but she stopped doing those. But after that, she starts drinking. And until they film this, she's an alcoholic. She's a drinker. And um, that had a big effect on the girls. Growing up, they really felt like they had no one but themselves. Grandma says that at the time, um, grandpa was ill. And if she had known more about what mother's was a mother's, um, addiction, she, she would have tried to keep them, but she couldn't. So the girls go back and growing up with an alcoholic mother is tough. No father, alcoholic mother. They're eating, 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 eating. They say that, uh, the two of them started gaining weight when they were young. Cause all the food stuff by the time they were used food as comfort. Um, by the time they were 12, they were about 200 pounds. They got bullied a lot. It was the two of them against everyone. And they would get a snack as soon as they got home. And it'd be like for seven people, and they just tear it up. At 14, they were 300 pounds each. And by junior year, their mother was drinking so much that she was trying to kill herself in front of them. She would threaten to kill herself. And at one point, uh, Candy, this is what they tell us in the, here, but I think there's more details later. Candy the mother is going into the room to get a gun to shoot herself. And Candy physically prevents her from doing that. And the girls call the police and the mom, you know, by the time she's not drunk anymore, you know, I was watching an intervention this week. Again, I keep saying it's the best season of intervention and it's a guy and he is, he grew up in a chaotic home. Um, and he was abused by like, an older sibling who actually found out about the intervention, like the, the doc, quote unquote documentary from their, his father and contacted him through social media while they were filming and didn't want his voice on, but they, but like, you could see the guy, you could, I mean, you could hear the guy telling him, you did this to me, you did this. And anyway, the guy's an alcoholic. Um, he used to be like a young conservative and he worked on a lot of political campaigns, which is why suddenly Ted Cruz's face is on my fucking TV because this guy took pictures with him and Mike Pence and even Joe Biden. And what happened is that he moved to Vegas to work on a campaign. He was making a lot of money, 
but he was gay. He's come from a very conservative background. And when he came out, his political friends, they said his political party, uh, I know they're gay Republicans, but that's what they said on the show. Uh, his political party, his father, who's incredibly um, conservative, all kind of turned their back on him. And he started drinking like a ton. And at towards the end, not to, I'm not trying to spoil the episode. Like, I don't know how you can spoil intervention. Some shit happens. But he is threatening to kill himself. And so production calls 911. When the police get there, they, uh, I guess they take him someplace. And they, the doctor releases him because he says he's drunk, but doesn't want to kill himself. Now that he's sober, like he's not saying those things. And I bet you that's what's happened with um, Bobby. I bet you that when she's drunk, all kinds of things happen. But then she's so, so the, the girls call the police, the police show up. Um, by the time mom sobers up, now she's mad at them for calling the police because she, she wasn't going to kill herself. I know I said that. I know I ran to go get a gun, but I wasn't going to. Like, we're supposed to fucking know. Like, and she ends up, they end up, she ends up kicking them out. Um, later, there's like a dispute on that, but that's what the girls say. And so the two of them, at like 16 years old, get an apartment together and go working at a department store. I don't say which one. I don't know. Fucking JCPenney's. And uh, go live on their own. How'd they get an apartment at 16? Who rented them all apartment? Why? I have questions. I want to know why you didn't go stay with grandma. Because grandma is a big source throughout this uh, episode. But I want to know why she didn't go stay with her. 16? We just get an apartment? 16 is pretty, like, the thing about being a teenager is that physically, in a lot of ways, you're an adult. And in, in many superficial ways, you're an adult. But emotionally, you're not a fucking adult. And, like, being asked to just, like, I don't know if they finish school or what, but like just go get in a, a job and get an apartment at 16 to get away from your alcoholic mom is very, very fucking traumatic. Um, so they hardly ever leave the house. Um, oh, what did they say? At this point, they're unable to work and they just get up and eat and watch TV. That's what they do all day. They hardly ever leave the house and they are so big they hardly fit in the car. Candy's worried she won't be able to drive much longer. They only go out because they have to get food. Um, people stare at them. They probably make comments. They have anxiety and shit. The two of them are going to go to a grocery store, but they sit in the parking lot and they don't want to go in there. Um, so they leave to go get something to eat to help with the anxiety. And they're at a McDonald's. And I knew that before I even saw the blurred out menu because I recognize McDonald's font. Now, is that something I need to look inside myself and figure out why I know the font for McDonald's? One, I like fonts. Two, I'm fat. So they eat in the car, but they have to go park behind a building or something. So, cause they don't want anybody to see them. They, people seeing them eating is like stressful. They, th they think people are judging them. And in fact, Candy says she's heard people say things to them as they're eating. Um, their mother comes to check on them every now and then. And so we see Bobby come and she says that the situation came from what she allowed when they were kids. And I was like, okay, but not just what you allowed, also what you did. Um, I don't like Bobby's, the way Bobby's talking because I feel like Bobby is, um, I feel like Bobby is using very passive language. 
and acting like her role in what happened is passive and it's not effective. Um, they told her that she says that, that they've said that if she stopped drinking, that they would quit with the food stuff, but she says they're all addicts and they're all stuck in their cycles. So now they're eating Papa John's pizza, which I haven't had in a long time because of racism. And if you don't know, just look that shit up. But I miss Papa John's pizza. Um, I would like some Papa John's pizza right now. <laughs> also, they don't deliver where I live at. I, I, I also have been way outside of their delivery for a long time. They're also drinking directly from a two liter Dr. Pepper. And I want you to know I used to fucking do that. I used to just get a two liter of soda and like keep it near me, like near my bed or near my couch where I was sitting. And just, if I wanted something to drink, I just go over there and get a swig of two liter fucking soda. When I tell people I am fat, I got here honestly, I got here honestly. I don't have no thyroid problems. I don't know. Maybe I do. I don't fucking know. My metabolism is not, I mean, I'm 40. My metabolism is what it is, but this is not like I have a slow metabolism. I used to just like chill with a two liter soda. I used to like go to the store, get a new novel, get a two liter soda, get some of those symphony, those big fucking, they're not king size. I mean, they're not meant for one person. These big symphony bars, the ones with the toffee and the chocolate in them. And I would like just eat my candy, eat whatever fast food I gotten, swig soda, and lay there stationary and watch fucking TV and read my book. Yeah. Oof. Terrible, 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 terrible eating habits. Um, so their grandmother also drove away to come and see them. Uh, Brandy and Candy are dressed exactly alike. Y'all need to stop that shit. Uh, for, I'll say this for Brandy and Candy. They are not dressed alike most of the time in this. It just, it seems like that's some underclothes or something. I don't know. Um, also, when grandma tells them that it's not natural for granddaughters to die before grandma, they start to cry. And Brandy actually hides her face in, in her shirt. Uh, Brandy, I don't know if she's the younger of the two, but Candy's the alpha. Candy's in charge. Brandy's not. Also, Brandy is very, it's hard to talk about this, but I'll try to talk about it delica- delicately. I try, I'll try to talk about it uh, without being an asshole. But um, in terms of the way they present, They present pretty much the same because they're twins, but in the small details, Brandy is very, not very, a smidge more feminine. Like she's smaller than Candy. Um, When I get to the update, I'll show, I'll, I'll talk about the picture I saw of her. She, just the way she wears her hair, her ponytail, her ponytail is higher than Candy's and Candy's is, is like, at the base of her neck, which is not, I'm just saying the way they, they style themselves and saying style is very like off-putting because they're not really styling, but you understand the way that they, they wear their shirt or their hair or whether or not they're wearing their glasses or contacts. Brandy's very femme. Candy's very mask. Candy, I I was watching them. Candy had this t-shirt on. Candy usually wears her glasses. Candy has this t-shirt on and has her shirt in her front pocket and like some keys clipped to the front of her shirt. 
Femme people don't do that. And the reason is breasts, usually. Not always, but usually. Uh, as a woman, I'll tell you, most of my clothing doesn't have a front pocket on it because I have tits. And then also, I would never put something in that front pocket and walk around. Also, like, so the more of the way Candy styles herself is more masculine, more like my father would, you know? Um, and Brandy is much subtler, is much more feminine. And that got me thinking about them because they do everything the same. I mean, even as we watch this, the, the, their weights are complimentary, but these small little things are different. And it just got my, it just got my brain. It just wrinkled my brain a little bit. Got me to, got me to looking and thinking. So, and also, like I said, Candy seems alpha and she seems older than Brandy. And she might be older technically, but you know, she might've came out first. Um, but it just seems like Candy, like Brandy's a lot younger than Candy is, even though they're both 29. Um, so grandma says that they're both scared to move to Houston to work with doctor now. So again, we're in a latter episode, we're in a latter episode. So we're not going to, they're not going, there's a doctor in Houston named doctor. Now they, we already know it's about doctor now. And so they're scared to move money wise. They're in some sort of home. I'm unsure what kind how they get, how it's a house. I don't, I'm unsure of how, what their living situation is there. Um, but grandma tells them that if they're willing to go, she'll pay for the move. She tells them and they start to worry about putting her in a financial burden. You know, they don't want her to be under. Um, they say she's amazing. She's always been there for them. But again, I want to know what happened when y'all was over there working at the Belk at 16 and get an apartment. Did you not want to live with grandma? What was the deal? But anyway, grandma's been a great resource for them and a support. And she says that she's going to give them, um, she's going to drive down with them. She's going to do it. She's going to give them mental support, emotional support, and a little bit of financial support. And so they're going to do the move. They pack a few things because they can't fit much in the car because of them. And also because grandma's going to be in there. They also have dogs. They have friends that show up. And that's, I always clock this. They have friends. That says something. A lot of times we're watching these shows. They don't, the people don't have any friends. They're so isolated. But they have people that show up to help them pack that car. Um... So Candy says she's worried because she doesn't know what Dr. Now will want them to do. Candy, have you seen the show? He's going to want you to lose weight. <laughs> he's going to want you to lose 35 pounds in a month. That's probably 70 pounds in two months. That's, that's about what he's going to, have you not been watching the show, Candy? And he's going to be short about it. He's going to be a little bit rude to you, but that might be, that might just be the way he is. They don't even know if Dr. Now will help them. That's an interesting part. They're like, this isn't a nine hour drive. They're coming from Vancouver to Houston. And actually, let me just look up how long of a drive that is. Oh, girl, it's 37 hours. <laughs> and that 37 hours, you know, they're not thinking about like uh, stopping for gas, food, stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's a drive. It's a hell of a fucking drive. And they're moving to Houston. Um, and so that makes me think, okay, they actually, Dr. Now, they know they're going to be on this show regardless. And they need to be in Houston to do it. They're going to get on his program. He might not approve them for the surgery because he already ever approves anybody for the surgery right away. But they're making a commitment to be on this show. Because otherwise they'd be idiots. Why would you move to Houston if you don't even know if you can get in this man's program? 
Um, Candy says if they started this move and he won't help them, it would kill them. They've never been this far east. And I thought that was interesting because, yeah, they're in Vancouver. So Texas is east to them. Um, you know, the, w- at one point we check in on them. It's been three days in the car and they're in pain and they end up going to Arby's. I mean, it's, it's sitting like that is puts you in pain. The parts go numb. They're stuffed in there. Their bodies hurt. They go to Arby's and I know that because they order ham sliders, a four piece mozzarella stick and those potato cakes. And I know what the fuck they serve at Arby's guys. We, <laughs> When I was little, I used to watch Supermarket Sweep and Shop Till You Drop with my aunt. I actually wrote an essay about it because my aunt recently died. And this is, I talked about this before. My, I had two aunts die in the same month of, uh, one was diabetes and drug related issues. Uh, she lost a leg and another one had already lost her leg and she died from a heart attack and diabetes related issues. And these are my mother's sisters. It was really, and when this went, when this went down, I was like much more concerned with my mom's well-being than thinking about the loss of my aunts. Like I, I, I just was worried about my mom. Like what, what does this mean for my mom? I don't want my mom to relapse. I don't want my mom to be sad. I don't want my mom to be like super depressed. These are her siblings. Uh, her mother's already gone. Her father is in his eighties and has kidney issues. It can happen any day now. Um, yeah, it's hard. My mother had been like providing financial and emotional support for both of them for quite a long time. And, but this one aunt who I didn't really see after she, um, uh, kind of got lost in drugs. When I was growing up, she had four sons and, you know, I was one of the only girls in the family. Uh, there's another girl, but she was a baby at the time. And she really liked to have me over. And I was someone who never spent the night anywhere. Like I, you couldn't get, you couldn't leave me places. I had to go home. Like it's all fun and games until it's time to go to sleep and you need to take me home. And so I, she's one of the few places I would stay. I would stay with her for a few weeks in the summer. Um, I really enjoyed her. And one of the things she and I would do is we would watch Shop to Your Drop and Supermarket Sweep together. And we would pretend like we, we would always talk about how we were going to put in an application to go on supermarket sweep. And so I have great childhood memories of this aunt who I, who, I mean, she died two years ago, but I lost her a long time ago. She got into drugs. She abandoned her children. Um, and she just became in and out of our lives after a while. And she like, during that time, I spent all that time with her. She was always the stay at home mom. She was always the one reading and always the one, but she, she was very concerned with that, with her kids. She spent all her time with her kids and she always wanted a daughter and she liked to have me around because the two of us would act like girls together, I guess. And so supermarket sweet has a lot of like childhood memories to me. And I'm like, they should redo supermarket sweet, but with fast food. Like, can I guess the price of things? Can I guess like, give me an order and I'll tell you where you got it from. I would like clean up on that fucking show. I know. A limeade, bitch, that's Sonic. <laughs> I would, I would clean up on that show. I'd love it. And, 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 you know, like I said, I have so many fucking fond memories of Supermarket Sweep. You know, that's what I should watch with Bunny. I've been looking for shows to watch with Bunny. Supermarket Sweep. She would love it. 
So it took them five days to get to Texas. And as usual, they're nervous. They drive right up to Dr. Now. I'm assuming that because they still have that cargo thingy on their car. And they don't seem to be in a hotel or anything. It seems like they... Like, maybe they stopped at a hotel and then they drive to Dr. Now. But it seemed like they drove right to Dr. Now as soon as they got in town. So on the scale, there, Brandy weighs 588. She says she feels disgusted and embarrassed. And Candy weighs about 605. She's mostly disappointed because she doesn't weigh the same as Brandy. Um, Dr. Now comes in and makes small talk about the fact that they drove five days to get there and then asks them how they get to be so fat. He even says, do you realize how big that is? And like, honestly, Dr. Now wasn't that bad this time. But I'm always like, Dr. Now, they got to be so fat the way all of us got to be so fat. They, they, we was eating. <laughs> we was eating for a lot of reasons. Mostly not because we were hungry, but we was eating. And then we wasn't doing a lot of activity. That's what was happening. Um... He gives them a diet and says they can lose 50 pounds if they can lose 50 pounds over the next month. And I was like, 25 each or 50? Because here's the thing, they're in this appointment together. And I don't understand that. And again, I'm not a sister and I'm not a twin. So the idea of me going, even if we're going together, why are we not in separate appointments? Because what, if she loses, like, I think it's 50 pounds each, but if she loses 50 pounds and I, and I don't, she can't have the surgery. Are we one patient? No, we're two patients. Put it separately. Even like my kids all go to the same psychiatrist. And when, by the way, I'm never going to a fucking in-person psychiatrist appointment again in my fucking life. Never, ever, 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 ever. I did, I did a refill, like not a refill, but, uh, yesterday. So the day before yesterday, my kids had to do their, check up for so they can give you meds um they can renew your meds and then I had to do mine yesterday and my renew appointment was four and a half minutes long and half a minute was them rescheduling me for three months never going back in the fucking office but even when I was in the office with my kids what even though they all go to the same psychiatrist they're all there for ADHD we go in separately we don't all go in the same, like, I take each child in there, and maybe I should take them all in there at the same time, but they're separate people. <laughs> we have separate issues. <laughs> I don't know. Um, he tells them that if they don't do this, one of them is going to die, and the other one will be left there. And that is, like, their greatest thing. Like, they don't want to lose each other. Um the thing that's motivating them is because they're so together so much all the time that if they have to, if one of them dies, the other one will be left. So they do get a new apartment in Houston, Texas. It's a little sad apartment. Well, it's fine. So they are setting up one bed so they can sleep together in it again. Okay. Grandma leaves and gives them sage advice to just think about whether the food is worth their lives. And so there they are in this tiny little apartment, which I thought had no furniture, but I was just looking at the wrong one area. So they're getting exercise now. They're walking the dogs for exercise. They do it in the parking lot behind the building because it's secluded and no one can see them. Again, this thing, this fatness is about, this fatness is about, no. What I'm saying is that a thing people don't think about about fatness is that when you're out in the world, people think that they can comment on your body. People will take pictures of you. People will take video of you to put on their fucking TikTok. People are gross, to be honest. And I just feel like, 
I think it's sad that they have to walk these dogs in this parking lot and not even get a little bit of scenery because of the of not wanting to be interacted with other people. And it's not their fault. Like I understand what they're saying. They're 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 twins. They're really big, and they're walking little dogs. And you know somebody wants to take a picture of that and tweet it so they can get a couple of fucking likes. I guys. <laughs> This is one of the, my most hated things. Do not take pictures of people without their knowledge and put it on social media. Do not do that. <laughs> don't, don't fucking do that. That is gross. Um, they are also trying to stay on a diet, but they made a taco salad, which I was like, I need to make my kids a taco salad. I don't think they've ever had a taco salad. Like, you know, with the, with the open shells and stuff. I don't think they've ever had one of those. We used to have them all the time. I need to make them. But they're having a little taco salad. It's, they don't have the shell. I think that's good for their diet. I think, you know, Dr. Now's a no carb, a, a no carb or a very low carb diet. I actually tried to look up to see what Dr. Now's diet was, but girl, that was all full of like marketing links and shit. <laughs> I guess people search for that shit too much. I just want to know what the diet was, but I, it's apparently a little to no carb diet. Um, so, but they do put cheese and sour cream on that. I don't think they're supposed to have all that. And in fact, I don't think, and, and, Candy actually says, give me some extra cheese. And I know you ain't supposed to have extra nothing. So they also have a shit ton of meds on the table. I have a lot of meds in my house. All my kids, besides Bear Bear on ADHD meds. Um, and, and I have my meds. My husband has this shit. And I keep them in like a little caddy, like in the kitchen, because that's where I give out meds at. And the meds on that table for the two of them dwarf the meds for our entire seven person family. It's a lot, I wonder what they're for, but I imagine they're in a lot of pain. I can imagine that. Uh, maybe some heart things, uh, diabetes stuff. I don't, I'm not sure. So after a month, they go back to doctor now. Candy's lost 68 pounds. Brandy's lost 70 pounds. Do you know how unusual that is? Especially for latter uh, episodes of this show. They, most people don't lose the weight. Like the, the shows that they will show us have to have some sort of drama in them. So they just gave us a show that was like, oh, we gave them the diet. They lost the weight. The end. We were like, what the fuck? Why are we watching this? Um, I mean, this show, this, this episode does have drama in it and we'll get to it. But it's so unusual for them. I'm sure they film lots of people who don't even end up on the show. And I think it's so unusual for them to film to give us an episode where people just lose weight. They just do exactly what they're supposed to do. Um, and also, this is about the part when I was watching, I was like, oh, because I was thinking they should have been separated. They're very codependent. Um, even grandma's worried that the two of them hype each other's anxieties up and they can be bad influences on each other. But grandma and me are wrong because they're doing the damn thing. They're supporting each other and it looks like they're supporting each other in losing weight. So... They didn't need to be separated. Um, anyway, Dr. Now is happy with the progress. And he says that the last time when they were there, they ran some tests and they need to run some more. He wants them to go to the hospital right now. And I'm like, Dr. Now, they were there a month ago. If something's wrong with them, you wait a month to tell them? 
Why wouldn't you have called them the next day after the test came back or, you know, a couple of days of tests come back and say, hey, we were looking at your tests. Um, we need to run some further ones. Could you go, could you um, go to the hospital and, like, have them do the thing? Jesus Christ. <laughs> and he says their heart, it might be heart issues. Their hearts might not be strong enough for the surgery. I'm like, oh, so you just going to wait till the cameras come? You know what, Dr. Now? These people should be suing you. Maybe they should be suing you. This is bullshit. Don't do this. So they go take the test. And they're waiting to hear the outcome of the test. That it's made them all in anxious. And they're kind of binging a bit. And by the time they get back to Dr. Now's, but not too much. Because here's the thing. By the time they get back to Dr. Now, it's 10 days later. They only each lost four pounds. And Dr. Now is upset. He says they lost three times that much in the same space as the month prior. And he wants to know why. And and Candy Mom was something about carbs and, doc, and Dr. Now said you can't afford carbs. And I'm like, first of all, losing four pounds in 10 days is big. And I understand that in relative to what their size are, it's not a lot, but it's still, it's weight. And they lost a lot of weight the month before. And also, you told them something might be wrong with their hearts and then they can't have the surgery. You amped them the fuck up. I would have left there and went straight to fucking Chipotle. There's no way I could have like just gone home and just been like, oh, okay, everything's fine. It's stressful. They moved their whole fucking life. They drove 37 hours. So here are the results of the, of the test. Candy's EKG is normal, is abnormal, excuse me. And the solution is for her to lose weight. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Brandy's EKG is fine. But guess what? Dr. Now is not approving them for surgery because they didn't lose enough weight in that week. He tells them if they can't lose weight while they're waiting for bad news on whether their hearts are going to fucking explode, well, they're not ready. And then he tells them to go home and lose 30 pounds in the next month to be eligible. I don't agree with this doctor now. I really don't. I really don't. This is so fucking rude. Now I see why, like lots of people love doctor now, but a lot of people hate doctor now. And now I kind of see why. So when we see them again, Candy is cooking, which Brandy says is the first. They're having turkey bur burgers, no buns, so just the burgers um, and some green beans. And they're also doing some chair exercises. And by the time they get back to doctor now, they've each lost 32 pounds. They lost more than a pound a day. That's a lot of fucking weight. More than a pound a day. Doctor now is happy or as happy as he can realistically be. And he and his Muppet hair tells him they are losing the exact same amount. And that's interesting. But he tells us that means they're codependent on each other. Well, I don't know, doctor now. Maybe you could like give them separate doctor appointments. Let them come in the room separately. Treat them like a separate person and not one person. So it's decided that Brandy will have the surgery first and then later Candy because of Candy's heart stuff. He wants her to lose a little bit more weight. And that's also, it turns out it's going to be good because who was going to take care of them? They couldn't like have the surgery at the exact same time and hold hands throughout the process. They needed one person to go first and then another person to go. And since the surgery be like, so they have the surgery. We get the surgery scenes. It's whatever. Well, Brandy does. After the surgery, Brandy doesn't have much of an appetite, which is interesting because again, it's a physical thing, not a, 
not a uh, a mental thing. Um, she says she doesn't have any cravings at all, which means that it might be having like a placebo effect on her. Like her brain is like, well, we've had the surgery and now we're different. Um, whatever, whatever works. Anyway, uh, Candy's taking care of her and Brandy is feeling disconnected because they're so different now. Like they do everything together. I mean, we just watched them powder each other's pussies. Okay. And now one of you has the surgery and one of you doesn't. It feels imbalanced to them. Brandy's sad. She almost wishes she didn't have the surgery. But I was like, what is the point of that? You really could not have had simultaneous surgery. You, there are some things you cannot do together. But you are still kind of doing it together because she's taking care of you and then she's going to have the surgery. Also, Brandy's losing more weight than Candy. I think it's because Brandy was smaller to begin with. Is that like, I don't know. And so Candy's leaving her comfort zone to go to a Planet Fitness to work out. It's intimidating to her. I same people people when you're out in public people think they can comment on your body and um stare at you and shit and i don't know you know people in the gym is where people are i feel like are the most rude with taking pictures of shit you know there's always some viral story about about somebody fat shaming somebody in a fucking gym taking pictures of them and being like look at them them using up the equipment and so when Brand, when Candy says she's leaving her comfort zone, I'm like, good. Because I don't know how comfortable I'd be there looking sweaty and bending over and shit and at that weight and stuff and having people make fun of me. I don't know how comfortable I'd be. I mean, she still wishes Brandy was there. They've done everything together and this surgery is the first thing they haven't done together in their entire lives. So, so you know... Uh, Candy works out and it's all fine. Candy goes to see Dr. Now by herself. And I guess they figured out how to do individual appointments or something. And she's lost 36 pounds. Total, she's lost about, it looks like 140 pounds in about six months. I might be wrong on that. And that's a ton of weight, guys. It's a lot of weight. Dr. Now says that continued weight loss and the good EKG coming back says that it's time for her to do the surgery. And Candy is very happy, of course. So this time, instead of grandma coming down for the surgery, mom comes down. And Brandy is worried that she'll stress Candy out for the surgery. And Candy says that Brandy did it, did the surgery so she knows she can do it. So again, remember, they've got stuff with mom. Even though they're, they interact with her, they've got like drama with her and, and trauma. And so having her down there is both a blessing and a curse. After the surgery, it takes Candy a long time to walk. And when she finally does walk around, she's nauseous and dizzy. And they're talking about it. She's sitting down. She's real dizzy. And next thing we see is Brandy, like, walking. And you hear someone yelling, cold blue. And they're talking about Candy. Like, there's footage of, of Brandy standing outside, crying of the, as all these um, medical personnel run in there to, to figure out what the hell's going on. And... They move Candy to ICU. Um, listen, this whole time I was watching the episode and they keep talking about how they can't lose each other. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. You can't lose each other, your twins. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it actually almost happened. I was like, oh, oh, egg on my fucking face. I don't know. I just didn't expect it to happen. And just watching, there's a, there's a shot of them wheeling Candy out with Brandy standing over her. Like, not over her, but, like, 
like you can see Brandy's face and you see them wheeling Candy out and Brandy's like, is she going to be okay? Is she going to be okay? And people aren't really answering her. <sighs> the next thing we see is her mother's on the phone with grandma saying that the blood pressure was dropping. She wasn't breathing and her heart stopped. Doctor now later tells that he believes a lack of activity formed a blood clot somewhere. And when she was walking, it dislodged and caused a pulmonary, a pulmonary embolism. Um, and that's how all that shit happened. And they put her in a medically induced coma and they want to keep her there for two days. The doctor, cause there's another doctor that's now in this case because, um, she's in a coma. I mean, he put her in the coma, but she's in the coma and they're doing that to like hope that she can, that, that she could heal, like kind of prevent more damage from being done. Um, and he's talking to them and saying, I'm going to wake her up for you on Sunday. And the way he said that just like sent chills down my spine, like, I don't know, just like, just the whole idea of a medically induced coma. Actually, I obviously know what they are. People, people are putting them all the time when they've been like serious, uh, injuries or accident or like medical events to kind of stem the tide of this damage. And then they wake them up and see how they're doing to see what they need to do next. But just like, he was just like, he's kind of nodding to them. He's like, I'm going to wake her up for you on Sunday. Just. Hey, I've just put this person to sleep and it's going to be a couple days. Then I'll wake them up. I don't know. It just took, it just sent chills up my spine. Um, you know, Brandy is anxious, <laughs> very anxious. She does. She thinks of, she thinks if Candy dies, she will die too. They allow her to talk to Candy, even though Candy's unconscious. Candy is laid back. Her arm is like situated funny on her, on her chest and her eyes are not completely closed. There's like a little slit of them. And Brandy's just talking to her. And I don't know. I don't know. It got real quick. <laughs> it, it got real. Um, Grandma comes down. This is an emergency. And uh, Brandy's very grateful for that. Grandma reiterates that if they lose candy, they will lose Brandy. So on Sunday, they wake her up and take the tube out of her throat because she's intubated. Um, and... They just to see, they want to see how she's doing. They have her move her feet and Candy is able to move her feet. And Dr. Now is like, okay, everything's okay. Wait a goddamn minute, Dr. Now. How do you know everything's okay? Cause she can wiggle her toes. What about all this other stuff that's wrong with her? Dr. Now, I'm about to testify against you. <laughs> I'm going to be at these trials because at the beginning of this, I was like, okay, Dr. Now, um, they're doing a lot of stuff with the production. They're, they're suing the production company because I feel like the production company is different from Dr. Now, even though the production company is either owned or run or his, his son is involved there. His son created this show. However, now I want to go to the, uh, to the court and I want to testify against Dr. Now. I've watched him on TV. He has a bad bedside manner. He wouldn't let them get his separate appointments. And now all he's doing is letting them wiggle their toes and everything's supposedly fine. What about the rest of her? There's a lot more of her guys. I'm freaking out. <laughs> so, and and even while this was happening, I was like, oh my goodness. But at the same time, I was like, they do a where are they now update on them. And it's called Brandy and Can Candy and Brandy. And if 
Candy had actually died, and they did a where they now update on them and still called it Candy and Brandy. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, no, Candy has to make it through this. Candy has to make it through this. Also, if there was some sort of malpractice or something like that, they would never put it on the show because they couldn't have. So then while Candy's waking up and she's not being more cognizant of what's around her, they have Brandy tell her what happened to her and they have Candy say what she remembered. And it felt like a very intimate moment that we should not have been there for. You guys know one of my big triggers is that I don't want people to tell me shit that I don't remember. I don't, I don't want anybody to ever tell me something about myself that I don't know. It's one of the reasons I don't drink like that. I don't get blackout because I, I don't want people being like, and then you did this. And I'm like, I don't fucking know. I'm a control freak, guys. And so watching Brandy be like, and then do you remember this? And then this happened? I was like, oh my God. So about five days after all this, they're releasing candy. Brandy has lost. They weigh them on the way out because, you know, this is a weight show. We got to know their weight, even though this one almost died. Um... Brandy has lost a total of 155 pounds and Candy's lost 144. And Dr. Now wants them to be as active as possible and lose about 30 pounds a month after this. Also, Grandma had to go home, but Mom's still there. Um, but unfortunately, being around Mom, this is bringing up old traumas they thought they'd already dealt with. You know, they kind of like... Just stuff that you've come to a conclusion with, but and it feels like you've come to a conclusion, but the thing is, or some closure with... But the thing is now you're around her all the time and it's bringing bad shit up. So about a month after she goes home, they both lost north of anywhere between 160 and 200 pounds. Cause they're like one's at like 166 and one's like 178. Brandy's taking care of Candy and it doesn't want to leave her alone for even a second. She looks like she's having a hard time even just going to get the laundry from the laundry room. Like she does not want to leave Candy alone in that house because all this happened in a second and now they're not in the hospital. So, I mean, and also she says she can tell Candy is annoyed because if you're Candy, Brandy's just like staring at you at all times, making sure you're still breathing. If you go to the bathroom and take a poop and do a little grunt, Brandy's up in there going, are you okay? Because she's worried. I mean, that was traumatic to go through. I put a camera, I get one of those, baby monitors and I make a candy walk around with it at all times. That's what I do. Cause like I said, I don't know how to love a little bit. I don't know how to love a lot. So, <laughs> I only know how to crush people with my love. <laughs> so I can totally see myself being like, no, 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 no. You, I almost lost you. So now we're going to have to keep you on a closed circuit camera at all times so I can check you. And when I go down to the car to get something out of the car, I will be able to look at my phone and watch you and make sure you're breathing. <laughs> I mean, that's what I want to do, but you know, rise above. Um, we also see them going to a CrossFit gym, which scares me. CrossFit scares me. CrossFit people scare me. Feels culty. Um... But they said they feel great and they feel like they're going to be able to handle it. They're also going to therapy and kind, you know, kind of spring it on their mom who's just visiting, their mom's visiting. So they go into therapy because of all these things they brought up. And they're, it seems like their mom thinks she's just going to like ride with them. So they go in there and they talk to the therapist and they tell the mom she's an alcoholic and they're worried she's going to scream and argue if they ask her to come in because there's things that she want, they want to know. I want to talk to her about. 
But they go out there and get her and she does come in. I, I wonder if she didn't, if she really didn't know. Because why do I have to ride to the therapist with you? Hmm. So they talk about how Brandy threatens suicide. So basically what happens, they talk about that night that they had to leave, like that, that, that when they were 16, when it was over and the mom, Bobby says that Brandy, well, the cops were there. No, she says, well, I was told that it was best if we didn't live together anymore and that we should separate or something like to that event. And the girls are like, well, who, who said that? And she's like the cops. And they're like, well, why were the cops there? Think about that. And mom was like, cause one, cause one of you threatened suicide. I don't remember which one, but one of you threatened suicide. And Brandy's like, it was me. And I threatened, I, I said I wanted to kill myself because you have been saying you wanted to kill yourself and I just couldn't take it anymore. And I wanted to kill myself. And the two, they did talk about it. And Bobby admits she doesn't really remember much from that night, which Brandy says is like upsetting because I mean, I guess that's one of the things about living with an alcoholic, especially like a blackout one that if you guys seen, uh, what is it? Is it 30 days later or 90 days later? The one with Sandy Bullock in rehab, which is a great movie and I should fucking watch it. But she's in rehab for alcoholism. But when you first start watching the movie, you're like, Okay, I know she's, I know that she, some things have gone on, but a lot of the things she remembers, she remembers them differently than everyone else because she was drunk. And I, I can imagine like being in either like being in a relationship or being like living with one or one being your mom, it will be very hard because they'd be like, yeah, we had a great time at that party. And you're like, actually, <laughs> you fell through a glass table and cut yourself and the ambulance had to come. Then you pooped on yourself. Do you remember that? And it was actually my birthday party. And why were you already drunk? Like, and I was four, like, and they're like, no, it was a good party. That, that can be frustrating. And Brandy kind of expresses that. Um, the therapist, I thought the therapist was saying right things. And that is that it's really not about like getting you in here to fix things, getting you in here to go back in time or any of that, or to atone for your mistakes. And although it would be nice if you found some way to atone for these things, stopping drinking would be very helpful to them. Cause they'd be like, Oh, she realizes this is actually a problem. She's going to do something about it. And maybe I can't get back all my childhood in which, in which you weren't there for me, but here you are trying now. A lot of adult children of addicts have to take, have to like, that's what they get. It's not that we're going to go back and fix everything or make this not happen, but you're honestly living amends. You are living your life in a sober way. And that's, and that's how I can forgive you for the things that you didn't do. Plenty of people have to deal with that. But the therapist is saying that these are issues they have and things that happen to them and experiences that they relive and that your acknowledgement mom would go a long way. It's not about defending yourself right now. It's about listening to what happened because some of you don't actually remember and giving them that and saying, okay, 
apologizing, acknowledging that it was tough, acknowledging that you made a mistake. Um, and not, you know, a lot of times people have a hard time acknowledging their own mistakes. So you say you made a mistake and instead of saying, instead of like listening to how the mistake was made and going, damn, I made a mistake. The it's defense mode. And then you want to point out the mistakes other people make, but we're not talking about those people. We're talking about you. It's really important that you sit in this shit. And if it's uncomfortable, just think how we feel, you know? Um, I thought Bobby was doing her best. I don't know how receptive I would be on TV or something like this. I think this is a hard thing to do, especially, um, when you're still active in your addiction. Although they do find out that Bobby didn't drink the whole time they were in the hospital, which is interesting and a step. And, and I mean, they didn't say she didn't drink again. She, I guess she started drinking when they got out of the hospital, but, um, something interesting to think about. Um, so as we're, as we're, um, tying, tidying up, wrapping up with them, we see that Bobby's at 360 pounds. Brandy's at 360 pounds with a total of 228 pounds lost. Candy is at 385 pounds with a total of 220 pounds lost. Doctor, that's, that's an incredible amount of weight, guys. I know it's been about a year. Like, 200 pounds in a year is a lot of weight. Um, Doctor now looks happy and very Muppet-like, okay? Um, as for the two, as the twins, they're trying new stuff. They're doing something new each month. They're also keeping in touch with their mom and trying to improve their relationship. Um, and that's pretty much where we end that. Now, what happened after this is I went to go take a bath. And because I was watching this on my TV. Then I, then where are they now? Brandy and Candy started playing. And I didn't know that. So I go take a bath. You know, I'm watching Sex and the City in the bathtub. You know, pumicing my heels. You know, living my best life. I get out and I come out here to turn off the TV. And... I see Dr. Now talking to Brandy going, is this a planned pregnancy? Or like something like, are you happy? And he was all awkward. He was like, he's, <laughs> he, who told him to ask her that? <laughs> he had no business asking these questions. And he seemed awkward. And Brandy seemed awkward. And I was like, oh, I need to see what the fuck happened on Where Are They Now? And so I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched part of it, but. I looked it up and what happens is that they, at this point, they are like less than half the weight they were when they went. This is a year later after that, after that first year. Now they need skin surgery because as you lose that weight, you've got flappy skin and it can hurt. It pulls on you. The skin can be heavy. It makes it hard for you to move. I mean, at this, they're going, they're working out and stuff and they just seem to be having like a whole, they, they, they seem to really be living their life. They even go back and visit Vancouver and um, their friends see them. They're so excited. Like, it's great. And then it's time to get approved for the skin surgery. And Brandy gets approved and Candy does not. Uh, Dr. Now wants Candy to lose more weight. Okay. But then Brandy ain't feeling good. And turns out, Brandy and her new body have been feeling very confident and have been meeting men. <laughs> Like she shouldn't be allowed. No, 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 no. She, she, she should date as, as much or as little as she wants to. But you know, she got a little confidence. She out here in these streets. <laughs> and so she's pregnant. Candy looks pissed. <laughs> Candy looks like bitch. <laughs> and, 
And again, I just get mask butch vibes from Candy. Even as they lose more and more weight. But Brandy, like I said, is a little bit more femme and is obviously getting the dick. So, <laughs> so that's when they go back because Candy, Brandy has to tell him she can't have a surgery, she's pregnant. So, um, Dr. Dale, so she's like, I can't have the surgery because I'm pregnant. He's like, that's a good reason. And then he's asking her all these awkward questions like, was this a pran, pleg, pran, planned pregnancy? Is the father going to be a part? <laughs> Girl, Dr. Dale, who told you to ask that? That's none of your business. She can't have the surgery. She needs to continue to lose weight or it's, you know, I don't think you can really be on a diet when you're pregnant, but. Maybe she needs more than 1,200 calories uh, um, um, a day. Maybe maybe we need to adjust this diet. Maybe it's still going to be low carb, but it's going to be, um, but it's going to be, um, you know, 1,500 or 1,800 calories a day. I mean, 1,200 calories is a very little amount of food a day because she's pregnant. She needs these fucking calories. She's got she's to gotta give nutrients to a baby. Um... <laughs> And he just felt like, I don't know, an old great uncle, a creepy uncle asking, like, you just turned up pregnant at 14 and your mom and dad can't ask you about it. So your great uncle is going to come ask you about it. Do you know the father? Like, he, he probably said, do you know who the father is? Why is it any of your business, doctor, now? <laughs> if she doesn't know who the fucking father is, it's none of your fucking business. Has nothing to do. Here's the thing: when we need you, <laughs> when we need you to explain weight stuff and medical stuff to people, you don't want to do. It. You just want to run out the fucking room. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> some shit that's none of your goddamn business. All of a sudden, you all up in it. I want to believe production told him to ask those questions because otherwise, Doctor, now this is bullshit. <laughs> I'm so mad at you. <laughs> oh. Also, I remember I was in a Facebook group once. Um, this is. Uh, I think this is back, remember on Teen Mom when um, Brianna uh, threatened us with an abortion or an adoption for little Stelita? Remember that? Uh, basically, we, they, we, <laughs> they wanted a storyline. So they had her meeting, talking about abortions, just talking about options, adoptions, clothes, private, you know, all these different things. And I'm like... Girl, you is not doing any of that stuff. You've named this baby. Also, you're very pregnant. <laughs> this is not saying people don't decide to do those things later in pregnancy. I'm not saying that. Although there is a cutoff depending on what state you are in for abortions. But it's very, I just don't think it's very often that someone has a baby, is pregnant, tells everyone in the family about the baby, tells your very small daughter about the baby, names the baby, continues to be pregnant with this baby until you are very much showing and then you decide to uh, pursue adoption. It just, it, it it seems counterintuitive to me. So, but who the fuck am I? I don't fucking know. But uh, I remember, I was talking about that scene in a Facebook group. I don't actually remember which Facebook group because I used to talk about Teen Mom in a lot of Facebook groups. And back when I had Facebook. But someone was like, it must, it's going to be very hard for Stella to grow up and, and have to know that her mother was thinking about having an abortion or giving up for adoption 
for having her and raising her. And I was like, everybody I know was a mistake. <laughs> I don't know no fucking planned babies. And I'm not saying they don't happen, but this idea that most planned pregnancy, most pregnancies are, hi, I want to have a baby. I have a stable partner. We have plenty of money. We're at the right point in time. We're going to stop using birth control. Look, we've got a baby. That's not how, in my experience, that's not how most pregnancies go. Even if you're like married in a long-term partnership or stable partnership of some sort, by the way, being married does not mean you're in a stable partnership. Um, I haven't really been watching married at first sight this season, but, uh, I've been keeping up with it. My mom's been watching it. So I have to talk about it. And, there's a couple where one is, has been married a very long time, a very long time. No, no. His parents have been married a very long time and her parents are divorced. And they keep saying this, like that has given him the blueprint for life as a being married a long time is the same as having a successful marriage. Lots of people are still married. They don't need to be married because it's, it's cheaper. <laughs> You, you, you got to the point where you don't think nobody else wants you and you, and you want the bad thing. You want the devil, you know, lots of people stay in marriages for 30 fucking 40 years that these are bad marriages. Um, why am I talking about that? Oh, I was saying being in a stable relationship and being married are not the same thing, but you're in a state, like, even if you're in a stable long-term relationship and you want to have a kid and you don't use birth control and you try to have a kid still often people get pregnant like damn I didn't think it was gonna happen right now and what you know maybe that's just my experience but I just know my parents were married when they got pregnant with me they've only been married a few months but I know that every pregnancy starts with a question so what do we do next and sometimes they have to think about like should I get an abortion is that the right thing for me at this moment? Can I afford it? Do I have access to it? Or maybe I want to do adoption. What are the options there? People have these questions. For some people, it's like, I'm going to have this baby and I'll, should I just drop it off at my mom's house and not come back? Which, what should I do? <laughs> but everybody has those questions. And so even if your parents were married, I just... This idea that like they that you were just like this bright light came down from heaven and they were just waiting for you. I'm glad that you have that. I don't have that. Even though my parents are married. My mom was like, oh, I guess I'm about to stay in this marriage. <laughs> and then she had me and was like, oh, can't stay in this marriage. Mm -mm, I got I got this kid. I got this kid. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, I just think it's Dr. Now let me asking these questions. This all had nothing to do with her weight surgery. This is a personal business, but apparently she has. So in the rest of the, the episode, um, like, so since like Brandy doesn't even think she can be in the program anymore. Cause again, it is a diet program, diet and exercise program. They're chronicling weight. She's going to gain weight cause she's having a baby. I'm not saying you don't lose, you can't ever lose weight in a pregnancy. Well, actually one of my friends said she lost weight in a pregnancy, but it's just, she was larger to begin with, to be honest. But being pregnant and dieting just are not things that go hand in hand. And also in terms of help and stuff, Brandy wants to know, can she move? Like Brandy's thinking about moving back to Washington so she can be around grandma and mom and her friends and family and have more help. And Candy is like, well, damn. So Candy hasn't lost enough weight to get her skin surgery. So she can't go back to Washington. 
So that means she's going to be down there without Brandy. And so this is things they have to figure out. I didn't watch the whole episode, but I did see that, um, that Brandy did have her baby. It looks like a little girl, super cute. Um, it's with a black guy, uh, with a African last name. Not sure what part of Africa, what country or ethnicity or anything like that. But, um, he might not be from Africa. I don't know, but he had a, he had an African last name and, um, they ended up getting married and Brandy, I mean, listen, they're on social media, but they're not, again, nobody goes on my 600 pound life to be a star. This is not 90 day fiance. Okay. And so she's not as forthcoming with things. So she didn't post like the, neither one of them posted like the date of the birth or anything like that. But she has posted pictures of the baby and her now husband because they got married. There's a picture of them getting married in the courthouse. And again, Brandy is very femme looking. I don't see a picture of Candy, but I imagine Candy's in a suit. That's what, in a suit with a low ponytail in the back. And uh, Brandy's got these soft like curls. I don't know. I, I, I just feel like their styles are very, very different, even though they look alike and they depend on each other a lot. I think they're different in some ways that we didn't really get to see. But anyway, now, uh, now they got a little baby and uh, Brandy's married. Interesting. Okay, guys, I think that's, I've been talking for over two hours and I probably have been saying some real wild shit. Listen, I don't know what I said. I go into a fugue state when I record these things. Sometimes people like write, like, quote back to me what I was saying. And I'm like, why the fuck would I even say that? <laughs> On the Patreon last week, someone like put a, a quote of something I said about JT. And I was like, horrified. I was like, why would I even say such a thing about that man? <laughs> Cause it was also days. I was like, I don't fucking know what I said about JT. And I apologize. So I was like, I am not like, I was, I was, honestly shocked by a lot of things i am not trying to talk about jt like he is some fucking monster the show wanted to but i i didn't want to add to it but it looks like i fucking did because why would i even say that and they were like no no no, it's fine you were very funny i don't think you i think you i don't think you were being like malicious or i think you're being careful with your stuff it was fine don't change anything and i was like oh okay good because i don't remember saying that <laughs> And out of context, that sounds bad. Why would I say that? So I don't know what I said, guys. I really hope I didn't say anything too wild. Um, and if I did, my name is Liz Bentley and you just DM me. Okay. All right. Bye. <laughs>